This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you joining. Thank you for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. I'm actually going to record that line again because I messed up. And thank you for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. Just as a reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and these conversations with the artists you love, it would mean the world if you subscribed and followed the podcast on your platform of choice. Also, you can follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things Psychic Warfare. This week... Jordan Sloan, vocalist of Zone Zero out of Columbus, Ohio, is joining me on the show. If you haven't heard of them, you absolutely should have because they are absolutely poised to be the next band to add to your listening list. They Their roots go all the way back to the alt and new metal golden age of the early 2000s, and it consistently puts a smile on my face every time I hear it. Their hook writing will transport you back to when you were a kid and you first fell in love with heavy music. And the very bands that they cite as inspirations like Cold, Spine Shank, Chevelle, I mean, those are just legends right there. So that should tell you everything you need to know. They've released a slew of excellent singles and have been featured on multiple mainstream metal outlets. But their biggest break is surely ahead with the talent and songwriting chops that they have. They deserve to be among the bands that usher in the next wave of alt and new metal greatness as we all deserve. So Jordan, welcome to Psychic Warfare and thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. That was a hell of an intro. I would have never, never thought about all that stuff, but I appreciate the kind words, man. It's cool. Just, just rocking, doing our thing. I'm glad people appreciate it. Right back at you. I mean, I appreciate everything you guys have done to just put a smile on my face, you know, hearing the music that you guys have put out. But I always want to start just on an individual level with you. How are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically, and spiritually? I do know that you're on tour, so I'm sure that's taken some sort of toll physically, at least. <laughs> yeah, um, I think... I think as far as I'm going to go down the list here, as far as like mentally, like I'm, I've kind of struggled with like mental illness and stuff like as, as it's pretty common, you know, the older you get, the more you realize like, Oh, we all have the same kind of fucked up upbringings and childhood and stuff and just mental issues and stuff like the, the generation I came up with went through a lot and everything. So we've kind of endured everything mentally. And um, so like, I always say like, I'm, I'm never fully okay, but there's, you know, there's more better days than there are bad days at this point. And uh, super thankful for that. Um, but as far as like physically doing pretty good, it's funny enough that you asked about that. Uh, I literally, we had all, uh, when we started the band, we all kind of realized, I was like, man, we're, we're all kind of like big dudes. Let's, we could see, let's, let's work on that a little bit. And so uh, when we got back to the studio uh, in December, we just recorded a new EP. I was like, you know, really to get to work on that. And then luckily I started a new job. I'm a delivery driver. So I'm on my feet like all the time. Hey, but nothing wrong and... with being a big dude anyway, right? And that's the thing. I was I'm like, man, big dudes unite, man. Like my one of my heroes as far as like body positivity is like Maddie Matheson. I'm like, he's the that dude's a big man. dude. Yeah. He's the man. He's I was like, he's a big dude. He's killing it. Like, you know, big dudes, you know, big and hot, synonymous. So that's that's always that. So but it's it's funny enough, I like noticed the other day I like, you know, slimming down a little bit and everything. So physically doing pretty good. Uh this floor didn't really help. We kind of, you know, as most touring bands do, like don't really eat the best on the road and everything, but we tried to keep it pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, uh, pretty leveled and pretty tame. But uh, as I'm sitting in our van right now, uh, just because I was going to do this in the in the venue green room, but there's so much going on, and I'm like, I'm gonna go out and chill in the van. I'm I'm, I'm good. Um, right in front of me is uh, this food truck that is outside this venue, um, 24/7. It's called Ray Ray's, 
it's a barbecue place. And uh, right before this interview, I just demolished an entire like brisket sandwich and everything. So physically right now I'm doing good. I'm super full. <laughs> Hell yeah. You love um, to see it. You love to see it. It's wonderful. But, uh, and spiritually, I don't know, like I'm, I'm like pretty at peace. Just like, like I, I even got a text, like our manager's going to be here at the show. And uh, he's like, I'm sensing that you're nervous. And I'm like, I don't know where you're getting that from, man. I'm just chilling. Like, I'm just hanging. And I'm usually never like that. Like, I'm always worried about something. And But, like, super, super at peace with everything right now. Like, I'm just, there's nothing, you know. It's almost like I kind of have things to look forward to. It's like small victory stuff. But just have more to look forward to that's positive than to worry about in the future negatively. So, I'm that's hanging. Awesome. I'm just, that's, I always put it, I'm just, I'm just hanging. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really glad that you. I caught that you're today. You're feeling really good, and you got to you got to oh, take yeah. stock of you got to take stock of those moments when they happen and be oh, cognizant, because yeah. you get caught up in so much of the the moments when you're not, and like it feels like for every ten positives, the one negative can kind of cancel out. You know, it feels like it cancels it feels, out sometimes. It feels like so much more. Like it feels like such a a bigger weight on you negatively than like off of you when it's all the positive stuff. Like it feels like it's positive stuff on the small victories, but then this one could be even the smallest negative thing. We'll just tank that all down. And so, but trying to let this get me down lately, you know, I was just, you know, if something bad happens, I'm like, well, you know, there's a way around that. You got to remind yourself, like, what are the other good things that are all happening in my life too? Absolutely. So. so what, what I'm curious growing up, like what was your kind of spiritual and philosophical upbringing? Like, you know, did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith or was spirituality, something personal, or even even your philosophical viewpoint on life doesn't have to be like spirituality or religion in a traditional context, but like just the the way that you formulated your outlook and the things that shaped like how you hold yourself in the world and like how you view, you know, what you believe in, you know, was that something that came from your family, how you were raised, or is that something that was very individualistic for you and that was developed over time? Well, we grew up, um, the household I grew up in um, was just like semi kind of religious, nothing too crazy. It was just like the, you know, I grew up in a small you know, Midwestern Ohio town. Like I'm, we're from Columbus, but I'm from a little town about Northwest of here called Lima and very small part of Ohio, just kind of farmland. So we were never like super, super religious. I definitely, you know, pushed it hard in my teen years with like the whole rebellion, like, oh, I'm moving atheists and everything. Now I'm just like, I don't care. Like, now I'm just like, it's not any part of my life whatsoever. Like, you know, I always hate when people say I'm religious, like I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. That always seems kind of tacky, but I do get what they're getting at here. Like there's things I believe in, like, you know, me and my brother talk about this all the time. It's so funny how I'm, I've been straight edge for like 10 years. So I'm like going on 10 years. So like no psychedelics, nothing, but I have the most like fucked up, like, like this sounds like I'm stoned out of my mind right now. When I talk to my brother, I'm just like, what if there's this different dimension where all this stuff, like when we die, we live the same life somewhere else. Like I have those kind of like spiritualistic thoughts. Those are the stuff. best like, though. Those are great. And it's crazy. And neither is he like, he doesn't really do like fuck with, you know, drinking or drugs or anything like that. But even he's like, Whoa, it's crazy. But like we grew up in like a traditional, like, you know, Lutheran, like Christian household. And we, you know, we go to church and everything. And then eventually, like when we were younger, like we just kind of stopped. They just kind of stopped going. And my, my parents were just like, and eh, we got bigger shit to worry about in the house. Like, well, I could use my Sunday mornings better doing this and everything. And so, and they still, they still kind of, they, they, they're like, yeah, we don't go to church. We're, you know, they're still technically like, you know, Christian and everything. And, um, but I'm just like, and they've come to grips with the fact that like me and my brothers and stuff, we just aren't like, I have two older brothers and uh, we're, we're all three just like, eh just not what we believe in. Like I, my whole viewpoint on it is, and I've had 
discussions with many of my friends who still, you know, I, I'm in a, another band that I play drums in and our singer, you know, came up in the same, he grew, he, he grew up in like a very Christian household and still holds like pretty Christian beliefs and just had conversations where he's like, you know, like, what's your personal viewpoint on like, you know, is there a God? And I'm like, I see too much darkness in the world for there to ever be evidence of anything like that. That's just personally what I see, but it's kind of from a, like, a, it might sound like it's from a negative standpoint, but that's what I always thought is like, there's so much, there's too much negative negativity and death and everything. Like every time something happens and everyone says, Oh, it's part of God's plan. It just, I get so angry and it's just, and I don't know. I'm always like, man, so this whole treacherous, disgusting thing, like that was all God's plan. Like it's all part of a bigger thing. And I'm like, okay, then what the fuck is it? Yeah. I get so uppity about that. I'm you're, just like, you're, you know, you're like, talking about, I mean, like what you're talking about is it's not, it's, you are definitely not alone in, in that way. You're talking about the problem yeah. of evil, which is, I think I've brought it before. It's like the greatest ontological problem that has yet to be solved, you know, which is like, you know, disasters and cancer disease, you know, especially in children who are innocent and like, you know, people who, people who are blameless, you know, in their disposition, you know, fall on things and, you know, it's right. that, it's, that, it's that unreconcilable thing that's so hard to deal with and and uh, to to work out. And there's plenty of ways that people have tried, but it's kind of this big unanswerable question. But I mean, you certainly respect, you know, as long as you're doing, as long as what you believe in, and you're doing it in a respectful way that you don't, you know, force it on anybody else. You know, however you want to reckon with that is your own, you know, your own business. And, you know, right. more power to you if that's what it is. But also, side note, Lutheranism must be just like a Rust Belt, a Rust Belt thing, because like growing up in Buffalo, like I went to a Lutheran church also. So maybe it's like this, like, Rust it, Belt. I and I always thought everyone's like, what was it? Everyone's like, did you grow up Catholic? Whatever. I'm just like, we had Catholic churches around. I was like, but ours was just like Lutheran. We just called it. We just called it Christian. We never really referred to it as Lutheran. But like our church was called like the Lutheran church. And so it was just all that but the funny thing you were talking about like the problem of evil thing it made me think of uh have you seen the first final destination movie right i i have seen it but i i'm ashamed to say i haven't i didn't see it actually till recently because my wife was like re-watching them all and i was like i mean i was i was too way too young to see it when it first came out but i never had like the i think stuff like kind of saw more like intrigued me like to go back and watch stuff like that because it had like the edgy kind of, hostile like, stuff had, like that the, the yeah. soundtracks were like out of this world good like in the original oh movies. yeah the aesthetic like the early james wan aesthetic like that's like the super good the only way i can describe it is like the you wouldn't steal a car font like that edgy kind of you know it's so font. funny one of the stickers <laughs> we have on this tour is we we did a rip of that ad that you wouldn't say it says you wouldn't download a riff and it has our logo underneath of it oh man i gotta get my um, hands so on one of sticker. those that's what i was saying back to the whole final destination thing there's a bit where they get on the they get on the plane and they talk about like the probability of the plane going down and like trusting like god and everything yeah. and they see like a baby and like a guy with like special needs and then one guy looks at me and goes gotta be a fucked up god to bring this plane down and that's what i that's where i think of when i think of like how could, you know, if, if God's so good and pure and everything, and you're really like, why is all this stuff happening? And that's yeah. the first time I think of it is it's got to be a fucked up God to bring this plane down. It's like the, so. you have to eliminate, it's like the, you can only get two, it, a lot of people try to reconcile it with like the, you can only pick two out of three, where it's like, you know, the, like you can have it fast, good, or cheap, and you can like pick like two of the three. You can't, you can never have the third yeah. one. Yeah, can't, can't have the third so one. So you can, God can either be uh, all knowing, 
all powerful and all good. He can be like two out of the three. Like he can't. And so it's like, well, maybe he's all powerful and all knowing, but maybe yeah. he's not all good. And it's like, well, that I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I want to like meet that god then in the afterlife if there is. That's one. true. It's like is he? It's like he's you know he's all powerful and knowing, but who knows where that you know if the good part's going to happen and you know he's all powerful and all good. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, like if he's not all powerful nothing's gonna happen so like i, yeah. I totally there's, get that that's, there's a great Ste- i never thought about that way there's a great stephen fry video where he like talks the guy asked him like what would you say to god like if he exists because stephen fry obviously like staunch atheist like very famous like atheist vocal atheist he's like the first thing i'd say is look at him and be like bone cancer in children what's that all about like oh yeah i've, I've seen that yeah, yeah and be like like how dare you like do all this like you know it's like you like how can you not understand like how cruel you're being yeah. like when you like when if you this is your world why does why does all of this exist yeah and you know it's it's yeah. uh it's he talks about how it would be more palatable if the view of if god actually turned out to be like the greek gods or something like that because right the, the way that they're illustrated in myth or at least in like a lot of ancient cultures like egyptian gods or greek gods like they're 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 purposefully presented as like capricious and very much like humans just like the same emotions and the same kind of whims and emotions that humans have so he's like well that would make a lot more sense and that would actually be a lot more palatable to me because if you know if we're fallible then he's fallible and like or they're fallible it would make a lot of sense that way you know right absolutely that's that makes a lot more sense to me than just like uh you know the the image of God has always been like the, you know, old white dude with the white hair sitting <laughs> on a cloud. So like, if I'd be much more comfortable with it, yeah. if it was the perception of God was like, the yeah. Greek God. I, 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 I would I guess make like, a you could probably, you, you could have a beer with those guys. I feel like, you know, I just, I feel like it'd be a lot more chill and understanding. I like, I've never like, I don't know. Those, those stories always, always intrigued me more than like any story from the Bible. I know Bible's got, the Bible's got some heavy shit, but like, it's it's kind of funny too. There's, like you know, I'm not, there's so, I'm, there's like, some, I'm not I'm not religious. But there's some yeah, like, there's some there's some metal shit in the Bible. There's some. There really some, is like you pull from Revelations, man. You're getting some you're getting some cannibal corpse lyrics out of that. So absolutely, and I mean, there's there's metal shit in like the texts of probably like every ancient of every like ancient faith, which is the probably the cool probably the coolest part of those. Aside from like aside from the parts that are actually like beneficial that teach you how to be a better person and a better human towards yeah. people but have been twisted by individ- us as individuals to like suit our own agendas and like you know cherry pick the bible basically yeah, lord power over people that we don't like so other than but other than that um you know I'm, but i'm curious and this is a great opportunity because you mentioned that you're, you're 10 years going on straight edge and i'm i'm not like mm-hmm. entrenched in the hardcore community or anything so i mean i have a vague understanding of 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 like what being truly straight edge is, which in my mind is, you know, like no drugs, no drinking. I don't know if it's like no sex. I don't know like how far that extends, like, or how far like the, the, the limits extend or if it's, and if you have to be a vegan or anything like that. So I'm curious to hear about that, but if you could connect it, cause my next question was, you know, what do you find yourself believing at this point in your life that guides how you view the world and how you carry yourself in it? And what feels like most true to you about, being a human being and like how to exist what the best way to exist on this planet is and i guess you can tie that into to being straight edge if it does apply what's in some way right and um that's funny that everyone always brings up like the you know the three x's of straight edge and everything i think it's funny because it's almost like it's so like for a time it was almost kind of like militarized and very like uh like policed in a way where they those three x's were followed so closely and it's funny because the creator and like coin the coiner of straight edge is Ian Mackay from Minor Threat. 
And, um, you know, it's funny because people always want to say like, well, caffeine's not straight edge because it's, you know, caffeine's a drug. And he's like, hey, I came up with the book. I wrote the book on this shit. Like, <laughs> I can say what I I make it. the rules. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I never really like, you know, I was I was like vegan and vegetarian for a very short time and everything. But like, I don't ever consider that like, you know, like there's no one who's going to tell me personally going on 10 years of no substances like yeah. how how to claim my own edge. And here's the thing. I don't like, fucking there's... know. So like, I just threw that out there. Cause like, I really, I have no idea aside from just like the things I've heard. So I have no idea if vegan right. is even a part of it or not. It used to be, I know like, like, like vegetarian, there was, there was a thing called like hardline straight edge for a while. And like, I know a lot of it was like the, the late eighties and early nineties. It was like hardline straight edge, like bands like earth crisis and stuff who were, you know, it was like the, the vegan straight edge bands and stuff. Like they were, they were both like going hand in hand with those. Um, but to me, like, you can be like the whole vegan strategy thing, but like, I don't know. Like I said, there's no one who's going to tell me as a, as a sober person, like how to perceive and claim my own, my own edge. Like I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I have a great care and everything for the, for the community of, of addicts and, and harm reduction and everything. But also like, I'm also definitely looking out for myself when it comes to how I handle, you know, substances and everything. Like I know that a lot of people who, have claimed edge are like, you know, I have an addictive personality. So I just know that if I were to get into, into this stuff deep, you know, it'd be over for me. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's a lot of self-discipline and, and everything. And then after a while, like I know there's a lot of people who've been strange for years who after a while, it's just, it's almost like second nature. Like with us, it's just like, you know, we don't feel the need to tell people that we're straight edge. Like three of the five of us in so zero straight edge. Me, our bass player Knox and our drummer Mike, where all three came up and like, you know, it's kind of like with the hardcore stuff and our other two, our guitar players did as well. But, um, they you know just we just kind of came up with a different way of you know and i it, to me it also kind of depends on like some of the some of the bands that we came up listening to as well like uh the first strange man i always talk about this because my my username on like everything is x piper city x uh it was a band called recon and they were on rise records for you know a short time but they were one of like the like Keisha strain emir type bands where real like heavy hardcore stuff but that record welcome to viper city is 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 like straight edge all the way like the whole album is just straight edge lyrics and i heard that when i was really young and i was like this is awesome and then i i heard it as a young kid and it didn't really click for me until i was like a senior in high school so i'm 28 now i've been i've been a stranger since i was 18 and so claimed it you know right out of high school got all my kind of stuff out of the way when i was you know junior high and then in my senior year yes and just doing all that stuff being a kid getting in trouble you know you know my parents never smoked or anything but like stealing cigarettes from my friends and stuff got all that stuff out of the way early and then when i was 18 i was like you know i think it's time to just i've been i'd you know kind of fallen into the hardcore community and was like you know what that seems like something that's you know beneficial to my life i want to make sure that if anything else no matter what i'm going to have this clear perception of everything from now i don't want anything to be skewed or i want to have you know um i was just listening to a band it was like uh I forget what the lyric was. It was something about being able to see, you know, clearly because my eyes were never blurred or, you know, by substances and stuff. And um, that's just kind of how, like, I've always wanted to go through life with a clear mindset of everything. I never wanted to see anything skewed or like, I know that there are a lot of people like me and my girlfriend are total opposites. I am a straight edge meat eater all the way. And, you know, she's a, you know, vegan does psychedelics from time to time is a big advocate for weed and everything. So it's just funny how, polar opposite we are she's the vegan who loves the weed and everything but i'm the straight edge guy who loves 
like I said, I just polished up it, a brisket sandwich. It's funny so like, how that works out. Just, my, we make my, up one whole thing. My wife and I are like that. I mean, not in the same sense, but like we're just totally different personality types, you know, and it's somehow it's somehow yeah. a beautiful mystery of how those things kind of come together and work out. Right. It's amazing. And, you had yeah. such a you had such a sense of yourself at 18. Like you had such a, a I mean, uh, maybe obviously not to, probably to the same degree that you do now, but like even at that age, it really does seem like you had a very kind of firm grip on really truly who you were at a very deep level, which I think is kind of rare, you know, at that age coming out of high school. And and I think it just kind of came from like, you know, I wasn't, I mean, there's some of these people now who are like, you know, still like 15, 16, 17, just discovering hardcore and going to shows. Like I grew up in a cornfield in Ohio for the nearest show that I was going to go to was driving here to Columbus to go to shows. And, you know, I just started doing that when I was, you know, I played local shows around my hometown, but I was always just into like, you know, mainly just the, like the closest thing I'd ever heard from like to hardcore was like August Burns Red and like stuff like that from youth group, from going to youth group when I was a young little nice innocent Christian boy. And then that spiraled into, well, I don't really believe in God anymore, but the riffs are undeniable. So I'm about to, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to dive head first. Demon Hunter shit. goes so, hard. <laughs> I to this day, man, I will defend that band. I think, you know, after a certain point, I think it doesn't I, it doesn't really hold up very well. But like those first couple records, there's some heat on those records. But like the Devil Wears Prada I, I is undeniable, was, man. And I was listening to I think it was a couple months ago, I was listening to the it was uh the Blue 42 from Haste the Day. And it got to the end breakdown where it just stops and there's just the bass. That's riff. a name I haven't heard in a long time, but yeah, Indiana, baby. And so I was like, and I was like, you know, I was like, this band's hard enough to make me want to believe in God again. That's crazy. Like them. <laughs> and uh, there's another band. I forget. Who was it? Uh, my friend. My uh, So our guy who does all our artwork, his name's Colin Simula. Uh, he was in a band called, um, what are they called? Oh, Symphony in Peril. Um, he was the drummer for Symphony in Peril. And there's like a, there's a song I have called like Stiletto. And he's like, I wrote the first viral breakdown. And always makes jokes. But I'm like, you know what? I was like, that's true. Like this, this Christians wrote the hardest riffs, man. Back in the day, there was there's crazy stuff going on. But like then I fell into other bands like you know, like Ghost Inside and stuff. And I and it's really funny because there was when I was getting into the Ghost Inside, there was beef between the Ghost Inside and uh Terror because I think Scott Vogel made some like just like made I like a joke about that. He made a joke about Ghost Inside like not being a hardcore band, and the Ghost Inside was like Fuck Scott Vogel, fuck terror. And I'm like, well, now I gotta check out this terror band. <laughs> and so I was like, y'all are saying fuck terror. I'm gonna I'm gonna take their side. Um, and it's funny, going on going on later, like I didn't realize I was listening to hardcore before I realized what it was. Like when I was younger, I got a sampler. Uh my my cousin was like always getting victory record stuff in the mail, and she would always give it to me. And she gave me the sampler and it had comeback kit on it, and like it oh, had like okay. Wake the Dead songs on it. And so, like, I think that that's probably my favorite, like, introduction to hardcore record. I'll always say, like, Wake the Dead is, like, one of the best hardcore records ever written. That's wild. And, that, uh, that applies to me, too. Because shout out to shout out to Burnout Revenge. That video game on the PS2 had had Wake the Dead, like, coming <laughs> on it. So I was like, this is, this is rad. I don't know day, what it is, but it's rad. Like, like, they just dropped a record. And, like, even, like, subsequent records, like, that band, I don't think they ever put out a bad record. And that's that was kind of, like, my interest. It was, like, Terror and Comeback Kids. So it was a lot more, like, the fast-paced you know, more melodic stuff at first. And then I was like, oh, cool. This guy, Scott Vogel, was in terror, was in Buried Alive. You know, looked at Buried Alive and found other stuff like uh, uh, Misery Signals. And uh, who was the name before Misery Signals? Um, what were they called? Uh, they had that round, that record, Jasmine's Lullaby. I'm gonna, I always blank on these. Um, but just uh, like Poison the Well and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I went backwards into my way of thinking. Like I always loved, like I still listen to 
right i at the time i was still listening to the metalcore stuff but i was like oh you guys heard this obscure hardcore band from like the early 2000s no well you should and did all that stuff and like and to this day like that's just still the best stuff like i named my band after a, a new york hardcore band like the name zone zero i took from vision of disorder that is a that is a track on their first record and i was like this band, this band all, rules all great I'm artists steal and borrow man this is how that's how it is and it's just that's the thing is like that's also it kind of goes way deeper than that too because like took that it, it, so the earliest iteration of this band so this band i always say it's been around since 2017 because it the the actual idea of this band has existed since then we've been active as this kind of band since like 2019 but at first uh the band was started as a little thing called agony and i was like that's a very obscure name or that's a very like taken name definitely right. there's like if you type that if you type that in the metal of the the metal archives or is you're gonna get probably like 20 different like it, i'm gonna pull it up on discogs <laughs> it's gonna say agony and then parentheses like 21 or something like which one of these agony bands are you talking about and uh which is funny because i still don't think we've escaped zone zero but there's like a japanese like punk band from the 80s i'm called zone zero and so everyone's like oh this isn't the same band i'm like that's fine they're not active anymore we yeah, are get, yeah. get over it and so uh but it's kind of funny because i've always thought about like i'm i'm obsessed with like new york hardcore like 90s new york hardcore like you know marauder and madball biohazard you know vision disorder and uh i always thought vision of disorder was like the outlier band of all those because they were very you know experimental and weird and and they you know they kind of had more of like a spiritual edge to their lyrics than just you know we live in new york city um tough like that was all every new york hardcore band which is cool because i'm like yeah you live in the toughest city on earth that's cool yeah. but vision disorder had like very internal you know them and like snapcase to me were like very those kind of bands who had like the the really thought out lyrics and i was always like damn like that's what i want to be in a sea of like these new metal bands who all they write about is like, I am depressed. Why not? My parents love me. Like just goofy stuff like that. I'm like, I want to write stuff that's not like that. And like, there's a couple songs like that we have, like there's a song we have called need to know. It's about like getting revenge on a toxic friendship. And there's a new song on a new record. It's about standing up for your trans friends. Like Hell yeah. I just, I just, I don't think that I've heard any bands like if they are, that's super cool personally that's just like i've just always been seeing these bands who they just everything they write is just it just seems to be the same or it's like phoned in and it doesn't seem genuine and like it all kind of has to make sense like there's i just i don't know i want to put more into that lyrically and i don't you know i don't want to try to be like the thinking man's new metal or anything but i just want to have things that you know it makes sense and it's kind of thought-provoking and you know i can kind of i can explain it have it be like a whoa i didn't know bands who sounded like you wrote about stuff like that and you know just there's a lot of songs i deal with like it still deals with like mental illness and stuff but not from a standpoint of like you know i'm not trying to act like i'm like the the depressed kid in high school anymore it's like i'm dealing with adult depression now new like, metal is also, new metal is also the <laughs> is the metal of the people i feel like and to some, to yeah some and it's always and it's that's always what uh you know people have, have like brought up when they listen to our music or they comment on they're just like you know like you guys are very interactive like when we play live like we we look like we're you know we're, we're playing a hardcore set like i'm moving around i'm kicking on stage and, you know we're headbanging and moshing and stuff i encourage people like every night this tour it's been really funny i love everyone just come up and said nice things to us on tour but if more people stand still during our set i'm gonna start coming out and moving them for them because there's some people like we're playing our hardest riffs possible and they're just like nodding their head i'm like no dude punch your friends man like we're a new metal band i was like don't act like 
you know, you don't want to monitor this. This is, this is tight. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, that's, that's that's all. Like I just the yeah. lyrics just I don't know. They have to be. They have to just. They have to invoke something. That's awesome. That's like, I mean that I I absolutely respect you know how you go about your writing. And side note, really, just out of curiosity, because I'm curious for my own understanding. Like, is is sex a part of like straight edge? Because I mentioned you are I've, in a relationship. Yeah, like I've never I've never thought of it as that. Like that was always a thing. I just that was such a thing that kind of just I feel like fell off. Like no one really caters to that anymore. Yeah. Like I have, and it's really, I was going to say something really funny. I was like, I have tons of straight edge friends who are definitely just fucking man. <laughs> so like not telling them they are straight edge cause they, you know, cause they get down. But, uh, I just, frankly, it just never yeah. appealed yeah. to me. Like my, my edge has always just been, you know, it's like, cool. I'm not going to delve into substances. It's like, you know, I've been with my girlfriend for seven years and it's really funny, hopefully, cause she's not anywhere near this. By the time this comes out, hopefully, uh, it'll be fiance instead of Ooh, girlfriend. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, awesome. That's so cool. And loved it. But it just that just never that just never appealed. Like I mean, not that it didn't appeal. Like it never appealed or anything. But like by the time I got to there, I was like, well, kind of already fucked that up. So like I can still claim straight edge, you know, at this yeah. point. But uh, um, it just never it just never yeah felt like that. To me. And that was just, that was just yeah. my own for my own personal understanding. But this is actually yeah. an interesting point. This that I just thought of that I want to ask. Being in a in a couple a relationship, I mean, now that you're planning on on making a big move, which is awesome. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um. So, kind of going back to what I asked before, but you know, like what you believe in and like how you hold yourself in the world, like how you believe in treating other people, like your philosophy on like what you've kind of internalized in terms of like treating others in the space around you. You know how. When you when you first met your your wife or your wife or your your soon to be fiance, I mean, maybe hopefully mm-hmm. one day your wife. Um, yeah. Were, were your beliefs similar? Did your beliefs kind of coalesce together? Do you ever have any like not debates, but talks with her about beliefs that have differed? Has there ever been any friction of like differing beliefs, but th- that have end up kind of like either reconciling or just kind of coming together to an agreement? I'm just curious, like how did you kind of both come together as individuals who had different views of how to exist in the world and kind of coalesce your, your beliefs together in a way that let your relationship kind of be harmonious and let you guys grow closer together. It's uh, it's very funny that you say that because it, it, it happens in both ways. Like uh, um, she's, she comes from like a very, very Jewish family. And so she's, you know, their whole family, like, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I sort of was like, yeah, I was like, because she's also not like super religious, right. but like will follow along with like the, you know, the traditions of, of, you know, Judaism and everything and, um, love her family. And, you know, her family's wonderful. Always, uh, always loved her family. And, uh, um, it's been, you know, super cool. Uh, just kind of seeing the progression of that, uh, you know, them showing me their culture and everything. So that, that part, like religiously was never any sort of like conflict or anything. It was never like, uh, you know, like, oh, I come from this family, you come from this one. It was just like, yeah, we both come from different religions, but neither of us care. And so that was never any point of like contrast between us. Um, and we're both also aligned, like she's she's a political science major. And so a lot of her, you know, we share a lot of the same beliefs, but we always, t- we always talk about this too. Uh, you know, I'm a big advocate for like, uh, you know, safer gun laws and everything, but I also am in favor of protecting yourself. And I'm like, you know what, like, you know, I'm definitely for people owning whatever you want, but, you know, be certified. I'm, uh, I'm more for stricter gun laws and everything. Um, and you know, for a while it was just like, you know, she was like vehemently like, no, no guns at all. That's that, why would you ever need one? And I'm like, well, comes the time where, you know, someone's going to try and break into shit. You have to handle it. 
and just stuff like that. Like we've had yeah. like lighthearted like debates and stuff. And now she's not that I ever wanted to like twist her arm or anything, but uh, um, it was just now it's come around to like, I get what you mean now. I understand. And there's also stuff I've come around to with, you know, with her, you know, belief systems and everything. Like not that we ever differed too much, but there's just little things where I'm like, you know, I don't quite get that. Can you, can we talk about that more? And so it's never, ever been in like a heated debate. We've never really ever had like heated debate about belief systems like that. And so it's meshed pretty well. Like it just is always wet mesh. Um, I'll also say this. I was just talking about this yesterday or the other day with her because there's a place here in Columbus called Cat Singers. It's a Jewish deli and it's like probably the best Jewish deli in Columbus. And I just I've been going there even before I met her and uh, um, just talking about she's like, are you stoked to be a part of like a really, really Jewish family, like in the family? And I was like, yeah, you guys know how to fucking eat, dude. <laughs> like you guys have the best food. I was like, you guys just go so crazy with your food. And so I need like, to get yeah, I need to get would. educated. I feel like I haven't had a whole lot of like cultural Jewish food. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I think our first uh, my first time going, I was uh, it was like our first Passover. I went to oh no 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 it was Hanukkah. It was Hanukkah 2017, and went over and had dinner with them. And 22 years old was the first time I ever ate a latke. And I was gonna say, how can how like, can any cult how can any like belief system that makes potato pancakes like that's just like so that's like potatoes are the best. I mean, like how can that be how can that be uh, looked down upon in any way? Like potatoes, exactly. Are, it's rad. <laughs> I was like shown. I was I was I was brought into the kitchen by her aunt and shown how to make the latkes. Like, oh, here's what I do, and you know, here's how they go down and everything, and then like just plates among plates, and they're just like, yeah, eat what like we're making as much as you want. So I'm just like, oh my God, this is incredible. And so just plates them on plates of stuff. And I'm just like, this is the best holiday on earth. Like, <laughs> this is so nice. And so just my girlfriend's like, she just knows that like I'm a big like food person. And so she's like, so you still could be in a part of this. It was also really funny too. Uh, well, uh, a couple of years ago, and I think it was like mid 2021, uh, we went to a wedding of her cousin was getting married. And so uh, I'd never been to like a Jewish wedding before. And these are next level. Like these are miles above like normal weddings. Like I went to my friend's wedding a couple weeks ago. Really cool. Had a great time. But oh my god, they like, pop they, they pop off at Jewish weddings, huh? Paled in comparison to a Jewish wedding, dude. It was so cool. Like they do, they they really do pop off. And it was funny because like ceremony was really long, and I was like, this is nice. And then we got done, and then they're like, cool, everyone go in. There's like refreshments in there, hang out until you know the actual reception starts. And I walk in, I'm like this is like refreshments. This is a whole meal. And they're like, yeah, go get like small plate stuff. And I'm walking over, I'm getting like, you know, like lamb and like little finger food stuff. And I'm like, God, this is so cool. And her uncle comes up and is like, Hey man, you might want to pace yourself. Cause this isn't anything. This isn't, this is just a start. And then like walk in there and then they're just like, bring in like plate, I'm on plate, I'm on plate. And then, I just add, add by the end of the night, he's like, all right, you ready for round three? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh what God. round three? <laughs> and he's just like, this is bring out like desserts and stuff. I'm like, I can't handle anymore. And then the next morning we stay at a hotel and they're all downstairs waiting for breakfast. He calls me, he goes, are you ready for round four? And I'm oh like, I'm God. not eating food for the rest of my life, Lewis. I'm not touching this. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, man, suit yourself. And then I went downstairs and I, 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 I had to do it. I'm like, I'm not. It's like, I'm it would be disrespectful not, not to, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not going to tap out now. Um, but yeah, I know I love how this went from what do you believe with your partner to hey, Jewish food rocks. This is what that's but, what uh, I love about this podcast. And you're gonna there's a question I'm gonna ask later on that you're gonna you're gonna really like it. I have a feeling it has it ties good. in. I'm glad 
you're gonna really enjoy but, that. Good, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's just it's always been the same. Like we've never ever really had like any sort of heated, you know, never a screaming match. But anything, it's always been like, you know, instead of instead of debating, it's like, okay, cool, educate me, educate me on your side of this. I'm gonna educate you on mine, what I believe. It's never ever been about a place of hate or anything. It's just always been, you know, like this is how I was brought up, and yeah, this is what I think be, is correct. Beyond, this is what I always brought up. Yeah, beyond straight edge, what do you believe? Like, what? How do you believe people should be treated? Like, how do you believe like we need to interact as people towards the people around us, and how we need to treat ourselves? And what do you believe beyond kind of the tenets of straight edge about existing as a human being? Um, I believe that respect is earned and not automatically given based on, you know, seniority or whatever. Like, if if you're not going to be respectful to me, I'm not going to be respectful to you because you've lived on this earth longer than I have. Like you got to earn that respect for me. Um, treat people, you know, just treat people cool. Treat people nice. Like don't, don't, just don't be a dickhead. That's, that's my, my right. flat out, like just, you know, so, low. It's just, ethos is just don't be a dickhead to people. So you earn respect, if, but everybody does deserve, everybody does deserve a, a amount of everyone deserves as respect. As yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves, you know, patience and understanding and kindness and love and everything. But like, you also have to earn that belief from me. Like you have to prove to me that what I'm giving to you as a courtesy is, is worth it. Like right. I'm not wasting this on you. Mm. And that's just kind of where I'm at. It's just like, I've never, I've always tried to be friendly. Like I'm, I'm, I was thought, I always thought I was super introverted, but then I got into like customer service jobs and then everyone's like, God, you're so good at talking to people. I'm like, I can just strike up a conversation with literally anybody. That's me. That's it. It's just don't like, you know, like I said, just, you have to risk, you know, you have to earn your respect I know I believe everyone is worthy of it. It's worthy of, of anyone's time and place and everything. But you, along the line, you have to still prove to me that, you know, what I'm doing and that the courtesy that I'm giving you and in treating you and trusting you with, with this is, is not going to come back and bite me in the ass later on. Like, don't, don't make me be, don't make me think that I'm being friends with a bad person. And that's just kind of what it boils down to. I always have trouble like personifying that, like putting it into words, but that's always just what it's been like, uh, no matter who you are, like, you know, just if, if it's just got to flow, it's just got to flow in a, in a, in a whole, you know, era of respect and understanding, like, just be a good person, be, be a good person, be understanding, be, you know, be kind, be courteous. And then, you know, but also like, you don't be afraid to cut ties with people that you don't feel have earned, earned that from you. You know, it's, it's gotta be, a, yeah. it's, it's gotta be a two way street. It's gotta be given and, and received and, and everything. So are the, are the, are, are the tenets that you kind of internalize as kind of being the antithesis of like what you, what you, what you believe in and like how you hold yourself, like what, you know, I guess in, in words, other people use this terminology too. So you're not the only one, but like the, the don't be a dick, like the, the tenets of being a dick, is that very self-evident to you? Is it like, you know, it when you see it kind of thing, or are they very like firmly defined just... tenets? It's just kind of how I see people carry themselves sometimes. It's just like, you know, there's some people who like, I'm like, what makes you think that like you being here is putting everyone else down? Like, that's why, especially being in, you know, touring band and everything and being just a musician in general, like you come across this a lot where, you know, there's a time and a place for people's attitudes, like check it at the door, all this stuff like like it just it just it it's very evident when when you see people like how they carry themselves in conversation and with you know how they treat people and everything it's almost like you and i've been super wrong like i you know you kind of sense it at first and then you're like oh i was totally wrong about you like i was 
for some reason had the impression that you were, you know, you were a dick and I get to talk to you and you're a super nice guy. Um, not you personally, not, <laughs> not, not to you, but just talking to this, you know, imaginary person. But yeah, I just, I, it's all, it, it has, it's always about how people carry themselves and I can kind of spot it from afar, but I'll always still try to be nice. I mean, like, that's just, that's almost kind of like the, the weakness side of it that I have is like, I'm always willing to be nice. Like, even if I know that people not a weakness, are, it's a strength are, for sure. Are, that's how I see it. Like, uh, it's also, I feel like if, if, like, even if I'm almost being disrespected, I sometimes I don't see it. And, um, I'm just Same. like, you know, it's, it's, and it's crazy. And that's, that's kind of like the, the downfall of it. But yeah, I just see how, how people, how people carry themselves in every day, you know, and what they do. Like, I know there's the funny thing is there's the litmus test of like, you know, how can you tell if someone's a good person if it's if they put their cart away in the, in the cart thing with the grocery store and, just little stuff like that. Like if I don't see them just do the little small, like things to just be courteous throughout their day. Like, you know, if you don't hold doors over people, if you don't just do the little niceties, like who hurts you? Like, yeah. why do you have to be like this? And it's, that's all it is. And just like, how are you? How the they, that you how are. They, <laughs> exactly. It's like, how, how are you think about how you're being perceived by everybody else? Like I would hate to think that people would think I'm, you know, and I'm not trying not to be like a people pleaser, but at the same time, it's like, if I think people are going to, you know, if I'm, it's yeah, it's straddling that fine line between like, I don't ultimately like it's I, freeing when you don't care what people think about you, but you want to, but I want, I want to be respected. You I want, want to, to be disrespectful. You, yeah. I was going to say, you want people to yeah. care in the sense of like, they want to see, it's like the, you want how I've heard the phrase, like you want to act so that even like the, the undertaker, even the grave digger comes to your funeral, meaning like, right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, that's just, that's all it's, all it's always ever been is just, you know, like if you think, if you think that what you're going to do is going to cause someone to tell you to stop doing the thing, like, or like, you know, like, Hey, don't, don't do that around here. Like, don't act like that. That's disrespectful. Like then I, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a being kind of being conscious about your, your actions and stuff. And, and just, yeah. that's just all it is. It's like how, how people, how people decide to care themselves in everyday life and you know, the little things they do for, or don't do. And, um, you know, that's, that's all it is. Like, For it's sure. just, it's energy from people. It's a vibe. So, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's literally a vibe. I was, I was never really big in like the, oh, this person's energy and this and this and that. But like, sometimes you can just tell. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, you, you, the, within the first couple words of someone, sometimes you're just like, ah, yep. I don't like you. Like, yeah. It's yeah negativity, man. It's a vibe. And I wanted to, you know, the next question, it, this also is kind of a little off the cuff. It's kind of a heavier question, but it kind of, you said something in an earlier question that kind of got me thinking, cause I've heard, I heard this, I think. I, it, I started initially thinking about this because I watched, I don't remember whether it was as the palace is burned, the, the Lamb of God documentary or, or something, nice. some other interview that Randy did. Um, you know, he's talking about his experiences as an alcoholic. And um, I just thought to myself, like, I'm very lucky because you talked about addictive personalities. Like, I'm very lucky where I can have like a drink or two or three. And like, I just, I don't feel a pressing need to have any more. I'm just like, I got a right. buzz going, like I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't feel any physical urge to pick up another drink or pick up anything. And like, I'm good. Like I'm done. But right. this also kind of got me into the mode of thinking, like, cause he's talking about someone else was talking. I think it might've been a couple of weeks ago, but there's these moments we were talking about existentialism is probably with health for, or uh, with Jake from health, but um, where one person is like right across from you or one person in your sphere their life could be like falling apart at any given moment. They could be going th through something at this very moment that like sh is shaking them to their foundations. And you're just like vibing, having a good day, like being chill. Like, 
but they're like, how, and in their mind, they're like, how are you not experiencing the world? Like how I'm experiencing right now. And like, I, I say that in the context of the drinking, because like, it's weird that like, I am someone that can have two or three beers and be like, I'm good. Like I can put it down. He's like, and the aunt Randy, I believe is like, he's like, I physically cannot. Like I can't, right. like if I have one, like I can't, I, I cannot stop. Like I just, mm-hmm. I know myself, like I would not. And like you said, like you knew yourself where it's like, you would not be able to, you, you controlled what you put in your body because you knew yourself to a certain degree, but it's like, he said, I would not be able to stop. I'm just, that's just how exactly I am. And so it's like these total different lenses through which the world is filtered, but even more than just like the lens of like experience, I'm talking about the lens of just like moments, just like one in a moment where someone's life is falling apart because let's say someone close to them just died. And like, you're just chilling. Like what is a moment in your life that you've, you've been on the side of the like, how are you not like experiencing what I'm experiencing right now? Like, how are you just kind of going about your day? And like the part two to that is how have you kind of like reconciled that idea of like people's experiences in that way and just how moments are so different and like those things that happen. It's kind of a hard way, hard thing to articulate, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think that I always think about this too. Um, There's a point in time uh, in I'd say roughly like late 2017, early 2018. Um, I uh, was in a band. Uh, I was, uh, and I played drums in this emo band and we just toured and I was leaving at the end of this uh, tour in like November of 2017. And then I left and I lived with our guitar player for a little while. And I was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to try to find, I was, I was like kicked out of the house I was living in just because the, the, once again, the vibes weren't right. So I was like, oh, cool. And they're like, yeah, you got to be out after tour. And I was like, all right, cool. So at the end of that tour, I just packed my stuff up, went and lived with our guitar player for a couple months. And then I found this place and it was like the only place that would like take me as a, as this young kid. Um, and it was like, I had this shitty call center job. I was making, you know, bad money. And uh, this place is like 500 bucks a month. And I was even struggling to pay that. And just it was the first time in like living by myself in this situation where I was like, this is like the lowest I've ever been in my life. Like I've always lived with roommates and I was always, you know, like, cool, I don't really have that many bills and stuff because we all split it. And now I'm like, everything has fallen on me right now. I don't make enough money to do this. I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to pay 500 bucks a month for my, my apartment and just like, just just feeling like that was the lowest point of my personal experience was just having to take care of all of myself and just kind of being thrown like thrown into the world and just not imagining as a kid that like I'd ever have to go through that I always thought you know life was going to be cool as an adult I'm going to do whatever I want now it's like this is like uh, my shit sucks <laughs> and, and I'm like this is awful I'm like and my even my girlfriend was like you know she lived in Cleveland still and was going to college and was like you know if I could help you more I could now it's it's crazy to look at it now because like you know, now we're thinking, you know, we're ready to get married and move and, you know, have a house and everything and have a little, like, we have two little cats. So it's like our family. Shout and, out to the cats. Uh, shout out to the cats, man. Shout out to Gomez and Buffy, my little babies. Gomez but, and uh, Buffy? Um, Come on. Man. Yeah. That's too Gomez good. is a little, Gomez is a little black, little black kitty cat. And Buffy was a stray we found outside, but we're like, we got to give them like spooky names. This is why we're connected. Um, so, I also have two cats. So two cats, nice, two cat families. Nice. Love it. It's the best. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, and, and it was funny looking at it too. Cause like I, when I moved out, I like had to toss a lot of like old furniture and stuff when I like moved out of this place 
And so I um, was, I had like a desk, uh, so a makeshift desk in my, in my, it was a studio apartment, but by that it was like, this is a room. This is a, this is like, you walk in and it's like, this is it. This is the end of the house. And then there was like a kitchen and a, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it was very, very small. And so I had like a desk with my computer and then I never hooked up. Like I never called to like install Wi-Fi. So I lived without Wi-Fi for like a year and a half and just used my phone. Damn. And then my bed was literally my, my mattress on my box spring on the floor and just, you know, trying to survive on $5 or, you know, $500, you know, having to pay $500 in rent, making this awful money, you know, trying to, trying to then like, you know, feed myself and everything and just, just going to, you know, just hang out with friends and stuff. And like, they're doing so well. And it was just like comparing myself to people this lowest point of life i'm like man like it's it's unfair and everything so just having to think about that like i got through that stuff and you know now i can look back and say like you know that what a wild time things and <laughs> it was literally a wild time and i'm like man remember when i did that like remember when i had to go through with all that with all that mess and ever had to do you know i had to just live like that and um but that was kind of like the low point and now i just kind of but you will get the through thing it. i kind of that's the that's the that's and the that's thing. the thing. And and that's also what I learned from it too, was uh, not even learning any like super important lesson or anything out of it. But the thing I always wanted to think about was like, you know, now I'm doing so well and, you know, we're, we're doing fine. And, you know, I, but I could know someone else in the same exact position. Um, you know, all you can do with those people, like it goes back to is just be kind. You never know internally what people are ever going through what they're thinking about because it's all it's all a matter of you know one small thing can change the world for this person and you know it could be whether you know whether or not you were nice to them that day or whether or not you ruined their day like with your actions so like everyone's been at some low point before no matter how extreme it is whether you've been like homeless or the worst thing that's happened is like you know something small like it could be any variation of things but somebody has been at the lowest point no matter what it is and everyone's life. felt pain no matter everyone's felt pain no matter no matter how low it actually is whether it's extreme or what have you like if you've been so used to this point of life and then something dips and you're like oh, i don't know what to do and it freaks you out like you just never know what anyone at any given time is is going through and so the only thing you can do is just treat them with as much empathy and kindness as possible because that could change everything for them. Yeah. That could change how they, what their next move is. Yeah. And you know, to my last main question for you, we're going to, we're going to flip the script a little bit. It's going to be something positive and something, something cool. fun that I love talking about, but also is kind of tied into like, you know, spiritual and philosophical implications, kind of sort of a little yeah. loosely, but it, it works. So again, this ties back into like what your music reminds me of. Like it reminds mm. me of, some of the memories that I hold in like the highest regard in my life. And they were some of the simple, it was some of the simplest shit. Like when I first, like, honestly, like I'm not, I am, I, I, I yell it loud and proud. Like the two bands that got me into heavy music in the first place are Megadeth, which is stereotypical. And like, you know, that's, that's, you know, they got cred, but breaking again, Benjamin, undeniable but, riffs, but three days grace and breaking Benjamin too. Like, and that kind of mm -hmm. got me into like the post grunge, like new metal oh, yeah. stuff, like in my high school. And like, that was the stuff that I was playing like when I would be have my friends over for sleepovers and be playing Call of Duty or just like busting yeah. each other's chops playing stuff. Yeah, like, man. Just like wearing edgy t-shirts and just like, you know, nothing mattered except just like hanging out and, you know, we'd do our homework and then 
go hang out and then go to sleep and go to school and do it all over again, you know, repeat the cycle. And like, exactly. Life was simple and great. And I want to talk about like, for you, the, the really, and for me, that's all the power of, of nostalgia and memory in relation to the kind of sound that you guys have. And it, it takes exactly. me back to those incredible moments in my life. And it, it I use that as like a, a tool to help ground me sometimes to kind of like, just kind of keep, keep my mind, you know, centered. Sometimes I think about some of those moments and like, but it can be a double-edged sword where it's like, sometimes I, I find myself kind of like chasing, trying to chase those moments, but like life has changed so drastically for me. Like you'll never get like, and like, there's so many factors that go into it, but you'll never like recapture stuff like that exactly the way it was because like, you can't, yeah. you, can't you can't step in the same river twice. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to talk to you about like, for you, the, the power of nostalgia and like sense memory and like that kind of like for for me like when I walk outside that's why the 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 sun is and the weather it's starting to get a little bit nicer here. Um, oh yeah. When I feel the sun, it's like oh, I'm back in 2011. I'm standing outside at Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival with you my get buddies. It. You get it. We're watching. We're watching Disturbed absolutely crush it, and we're having, I'm I'm not old enough to drink, so I'm drinking a lemonade. But like, I smell yeah. cigarette smoke in the air. I smell like weed smoke in the air. Like I'm smelling and experiencing, I'm fe I'm feeling the grass, like the dirt, the hardened dirt in the grass, like the cheap $20 lawn seats. That was all we could afford oh, at the dude. time. Mm -hmm. Like everything about that co coalesces to kind of form this like beautiful, like sense memory that like really grounds me and like makes me just feel good. Like when I step out on a warm day. So like, what, what is that for you? Like, how has that kind of played a role in like your life and especially tied into like the music you've decided to create and like the music you're inspired by the bands you're inspired by and like all those kind of innocent memories. Cause I imagine from talking to you and how well we've kind of gelled that you have similar memories of me, like hanging out with your buddies and just like playing that kind of music. And like, it's like that feeling of like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a badass, but like, you're really not like a badass, but you feel like one. And like, honestly, as long as you feel like one and you're not hurting anybody, like that's kind of a beautiful thing, I think, you know? Oh yeah. And that come back that that's actually so, so funny that you mentioned that. Cause like me and my brother, um, like I'm 28, I'm not quite 30 yet. My brother is, uh, let's see, he'll be 32 this year, I believe. And so we have a lot of early, like childhood memories of being in like, like middle school and stuff around the time that this stuff was booming. Like he's not like a metal guy. Like he's never been, we just like talking about like pop culture stuff from that time, but we'll always, I don't know. This is the weirdest thing. And I, this is like the most, like, you know, I always, the weird thing I was brought up at, like when I used to work at this call center was like, they're like, what do you do to pass time? And I'm like, Oh, I'd watch old commercial compilations. Cause like, I'd try to see if I remember them, man, say, dude, I don't do that. Probably. I don't do that probably as much, but I have done it from time to time where it's like, let me go back to 2008 it's, and see what was going on in 2008. <laughs> literally. It was like, I went back as I, uh, I was flipping through, I did an interview for this new podcast and we were talking about crazy town. And I was like, cool, you know, that's undeniably one of the, one of the best bands. I will, you know, unironically, I love that band. And then I went back and was like, Oh my God, I've heard this song. And it was uh, Paul Oakenfold's starry eyed surprise with Shifty Shellshock. And I went, I've heard the song before. Where have I heard the song before? Uh, 2002 Pepsi commercial went back and found it. Huh. It was like Pepsi. Clear it was a different time though, but like, that, again the go this like, is the this golden is era the golden age. and i was like yeah and i was like this is crazy i never knew there was this band and like same thing there was a band called sev and they were the faces for like pepsi blue back in the early 2000s and stuff like they were the band in the in the commercial and but they were like a legit touring new metal band and stuff but um no i think a big thing is like 
and it's funny that you bring up like the nostalgia thing because like we kind of all grew up around that stuff and like that's why the influences are there because like we were in also it let it be kids, known that i'm like, not that trying to paint you guys us. as like purely a nostalgia act like absolutely fucking oh no not. i will i will always take it because there's so many bands like i know we're not trying to to be like the nostalgia band. i don't want to like rehash old stuff or like you know be like the you know um, oh man, like you guys are doing exactly the same thing as you, as this band was, as like this band was doing a long time ago. Like, I don't want But you got the vibes. Like, man, that's what you have. Yeah. And that's the funny thing that like, this whole tour, everyone has come up and they're like, yo, you guys remind me of like a modern version of, and they'll like give me an old, like an old band. Like I saw this band back in the day. You guys remind me a lot of that. And I am a fan of that. I'm always like, you know, there's always new and there's always like new kids who are younger than I am who are like, you know, I just discovered your band from, you know, a playlist where, uh, you know, I was listening to seven dust. I was listening to snot. I was listening to these bands. It's like found your band because it was suggested. It's like bringing a fresh perspective to the music, but also on, like, I feel like it's almost like honoring, you know, your heroes and this stuff. Like the biggest inspiration for this band for me, cause like, uh, and even up till now, like I do a majority of the like writing, even musically, and then like they share with the guys and we kind of tear it apart and make it its own thing. But like I'll bring the initial idea um, is like Spine Shank, one of probably my top maybe five bands of all time. And so like that's why we play in the tuning we play in. And underrated as hell. Too. Music. Yeah. Uh, underrated as hell. No one ever really respects. I feel like no one ever really gives that band the respect they deserve. Like there's so many new metal bands that are influenced by Spine Shank that don't even know it. If y'all haven't listened and to Height of Callousness, it's fucking that's what solid. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Speaking of that, I went back and listened to Callousness and like Perfect Record, even like the extended edition or whatever, where there's like the bonus tracks and all that stuff. I'm like, cool. All these are hits. Like all these are amazing songs. And then they're like, yeah, go back and listen to like Strictly Diesel. And that sounds like a just a hard, just a hard, like just raw record. And it's so cool that like I can listen to those two interchangeably and be like, these are two different versions of the same band. But like, if I'm feeling that real raw energy, like I'm going to put on strictly diesel and I'm going to feel this band in the room playing all these songs together. But if I want the real, like polished radio metal stuff, I'm going to put on. Yeah. If I want to feel like it for me, it's like, I want to capture, it's like, I'm feeling in that mood, that mood that only where I feel like I want to be living in like an underworld movie or like, I want to, or like the world was dominated by that again, like the, you wouldn't steal a car font where it's like the WW, WWF like attitude slash like, it's like, it's a, it's a crazy hodgepodge of like, it's like that. And then you get like the, like the, again, the film, the cinema of the time. Like, again, I think of like the underworld for some reason is like the first kind of like aesthetic and the matrix and stuff like that. But it's also like, like, yeah, I always tell people like, if, if you're a fan of the rave scene from blade, you will that like too. my band. Yep. That, that too. And it's, it's also, but it's also like how, you know, when we were, you know, we were really young at the time, but everything was like crazy in your face. Like, wow, it's splat. And it's like, it's yeah. like, it's like everything was so brightly like neon colored, like all the kids stuff at the time and like edgy and like had sharp corners and either that or it was like, oh, goo yeah. and like everything was just like, blah, like in your face and like wild. And, and I love that. But just I like, it's, it, it all like goes together for me. It's like, it's hard to like define. It's kind of this amorphous just thing, but it all felt just like, you know it when you see it, I guess. Again, it's, it felt you know so far. It. it felt so far ahead of its own time that like it, it just like, it felt like back then, back in like 1999 and all that stuff, like we like the stuff that they were imagining was like, like the, like the future like 
we are nowhere near because it just felt like it just started regressing at one point where, you know, and this is also, you know, this may be like, I wouldn't say touchy, but like me and my brother always compare this. It's like, when did the world change to the point where like we stopped doing that? I think the big thing, and this also involves with a lot of music too. 9-11. September 11th happened. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 9-11 is always the pinpoint for like, damn, a lot of stuff got really, really skewed. You know, the more extreme in your face stuff was a, was pulled back because it was considered offensive. A lot of bands couldn't be played. Like there were bands who broke up because they were dropped from their label because their music couldn't be played on the radio. Yeah. And just crazy stuff like that. There was a band, I think they're called Null Set. They were like a kind of like they were kind of like a lower tier or like new metal band from uh, like Boston. And they're on the same label. They were they were on the label that was owned by the Beastie Boys. And mm put out a record record was doing great. They were going to go on this huge tour and all support and everything. 9-11 happened. And the, the record label closed up shop real quick. Cause they were in New York. They closed up shop, dropped cut every artist and then just ruined that man's career. And it was just like, that could just happen on a split second. But I just feel like that's where it stops. Like, like no one wants to push any envelopes and do the extreme yeah. stuff anymore. Nobody wants to, nobody wants, can you imagine a toy coming out today? It's like make bug pizza, eat bug guts. <laughs> it's, and that just can't be because it's that's, like all this. I'm not being goofy. That's but... gross. Uh, yeah. But it's like, that's gross. I don't like that. I'm like, but somebody does. So that's the thing I always thought about. It's like, I don't, well, that's not getting made because who likes that? It's like, there's but, somebody who does. But circling back, yeah. like, what is the, what is that sense memory for you? Like, what is that crystallized? What are those crystallized things that you feel and smell and experience and touch and that all hit you? And you're like, I am, I am now here. I am transported here and it is giving me peace. Like what is, and, and what is that? And I should say in relation to kind of all of these things we're talking about, music, pop culture, um, a time yeah. with your friends, a time in your life like that. Like, what is that for you? What are those sensations and where does it, where does it pull you? This is very, it's going to be very specific too, but a lot of them, there's one um, that uh, it's, and it's, it's, it's really funny. It's always, it's always like the most like just me thing ever. But uh, I always think of uh, whenever somebody lights up a Marlboro red cigarette, I don't smoke at all. But like I said, I smell it. It'll take me back to when I was a kid staying with my grandparents because my grandpa always, that was his go-to was a Marlboro Red. And so every time I smell that, I'm just like, yep, I'm six years old again, seven years old, you know, hanging out at my grandparents' house with my brother watching, you know, Disney original movies. I'm watching, I'm watching Smart House with some popcorn. And <laughs> like, and then I'm like, oh no, I wake, I kind of like wake up and then I'm like, oh no, I'm 28 and I pay taxes. Was that, was that a really, and, was that a really like beautiful, positive, like, experience and like really peaceful time oh, for you always and i think of it too i don't know what it is that makes me think of like this like time but it's always like the early 2000s i was a kid like i was a real young kid i was you know i was seven eight years old and uh just we would always go like trick-or-treating and like where my grandparents lived it was like an hour it was even more of a small town than i grew up in and uh every time i think about like i drive through that town i think of in the early 2000s like if it's if it's like especially stuff like summer and like being outside like i grew up on a farm so if i go home and i just like walk outside and like wind kind of blows and i smell like this warm summer air yeah I'm nothing just, like, like a mowed lawn smell right, too. literally it's always that too like walk outside after it's and like i just look and it's just um like or we're, we're, we have a few neighbors like when my parents like we have a few neighbors and stuff but it's one of those like these are like miles between the houses and stuff but like i can look out and just see like land and so it's just so unfiltered i think like i can do the same thing in the city but it's, it's very rare 
but like I can stand outside in the middle of nowhere in my parents' house or like my parents' property. And as soon as like this wind comes through, I just smell this. I'm just like, man, like I'm literally a child Somet- again. Yeah, so- sometimes I wonder if we, if we get older, just because of the things that happen to us and our experiences, we lose some of that ability to like recognize when a moment is pure like that or like feel it that way. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if and that's there, true, and, but yeah. And there have been times too, like I, and this is, I'm a pretty vulnerable person when it comes to showing emotion. Like I'm, you know, not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to show, you know, tell people when like, Hey man, that really hurt my feelings. Like it's yeah. just, I mean, what thing to do. emotion. And there is, and there's times where like, I've even gone home, like, you know, I'll be home and I'll get out of my car, just getting ready to walk to my parents' house. I'll like, stop for a second. There was a time where I was, it was actually right around this kind of funny how it circles back to when I lived in my old apartment, the really bad low down apartment is I got to my parents' house because I just needed, my parents are always, my parents are like my best friends. I love my parents to death. I can always go home and see them no matter what. And so I was like, Hey, cause it cool if I come home for like a couple of days and just hang. And they're like, yeah, man, like come home, chill, whatever. They always have a spare room. My mom's like, it's a stock. Do whatever you do, whatever you got to do. Same thing with my older brothers. Like they all definitely come home and just hang. And um, got home, parked my car, kind of sat there and was like, I, I really need this. And I grabbed my stuff, got out of the car, just kind of like stood there for a second and like smelled just like familiarity. And I started crying. I was wow. like, fuck. I'm like, man, this, this is heavy. And Powerful just, moment. It, just all, it all hit me. And I was just like, God, I just like bawled. And then I got, I like walked in our little That's really cool. We walked to the house and I'm like wiping my eyes. I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just happy to be home. <laughs> but that was all that I just stopped and just like weeped and was like. But I think that's like so beautiful. Like that's such a cool, cool thing. Like and I, wish, I agree. I, I I need more moments in my life like that. And sometimes you just need like I even think about now. Like I think about just rough stuff in my life when I'm like at work driving. Like I'm a delivery. I guess I'm a delivery driver now. I go get home and I'm telling my girlfriend I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go upstairs and I'm gonna you know you know, take a shower, get all you know. I got his, for some reason I never thought about this. Delivery drivers get super dirty. So first day after work, I was like, God, this sucks. I'm going to take a fucking shower every night. Are you kidding me? But went upstairs and was like, hey, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to chill for a little bit. And then just sat in there and just like, just got to cry sometimes, man. Like sometimes like nothing's wrong. Nothing's nothing's happening. Nothing's negative in your life. But like you just need to cry. You just need to let it out. Yeah. yeah. Like it just is like. Don't a, be afraid you know, to like let it out, guys. Little, little things. And just they kind of all add up. They're nothing big. It's just so like, life. They, they, just life is they happening. Pick away you know? at you. Life yeah, is happening. They, like, they pick away at you. And after a while, it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds. And then you're like, cool, everything's going great. But, you know, like just got to because if because if you don't let off, you know, that little bit of steam here and there, eventually you'll retain it for too long and it will really hurt you. Yeah, it's really going to hurt. And so it's just, you know, I know there's people who like. You know, the, the whole, the whole like be a man shit is so, so played out. Yeah. I just can't go like, oh, you know, like you got to really just put on a brave face. Don't, you know, men, men don't cry. Really. I'm like, bullshit. And real, see, that was real men cry. That was the that. beautiful thing for some reason. Again, I know it's probably not where it was aimed at, but a lot of the music that is kind of painted in that kind of light from when I grew up, like I never really saw it that way. Like it made me right. feel it just gave me a sense of strength. It didn't make me like hard or it didn't make me like feel like I shouldn't be vulnerable and I shouldn't cry and stuff. It just made me feel stronger. It made me feel like, again, it's like that I'm cool. I'm a badass, but like not in a way that was any hurting anybody, just a way that like boosted my own self. Yeah. 
you it know? was more of a confident it was more of a confident i'm strong i'm so strong in this i can do this like i yeah i do kick ass you're right i am so fucking tough and but it's in a positive manner it's not like you're it's it's not in a negative like looking down i win demeanor it's like a, yeah i'm super tough so Thank jordan you, that brings us to our final two segments of the show so first up is tomes of wisdom where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year and this can be books films games comics anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way so jordan what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest and i'm not a huge stickler on the the year if it goes back a little further than that that's fine with me there are three things I'm, if you can still see me, I don't know, but I I'm got pulling you. up the name of one of them right now. Uh, so I'll start off first. So this is going to be kind of a funny, half funny, half serious answer for this first one. So um, I'm a huge 80s movie fan, like all the way, whether it's 80s comedy or horror or what have you. Um, big horror guy. So if anyone ever wants to talk horror, hit me up, I'm down. Um, but uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is like my comfort movie. And I think it's a perfect film. Any there's and and that's so funny because when I was growing up I was like this guy's just trying you know this is so funny trying to get out of school but like I always look to that film for just like little bits of just like little bits of wisdom and and things like that it just always always just makes me feel better and always just that, that kind of shaped me as like a like how to handle things in life and just kind of like it's the movie that to, teaches us success. yeah it really yeah it's, it's the movie that teaches us navigate that, that all we have is the all we have is this very second like all we have is the present moment don't waste don't waste any bits of your life you know make the best of any situation you know do 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 some wrong things for for the right reasons do some do some things that kind of bend the rules a little bit for yourself and always look to that like when life feels like it's getting too serious i'm always just i turn to that i'm like you know what i'm gonna watch first blue today i need, I need yeah. to be grounded hell yeah um and another thing and it's this may be kind of a two-parter because there's two pieces of like people talking like that i like listen to um grew up a lot on george carlin and uh, like from a very young the age, obviously like, yeah, the legend, the man himself. So like grew up, obviously, you know, I was a kid. You know, I liked the Thomas Tank and stuff like that. I was like, cool. That guy narrates that stuff. He's the, he's Did the he really get the fuck out of here. Did he really? He was, he was the narrator for that show for, until like, I thought it was, I see, I thought I grew up, I also grew up with Thomas Tank, but I always thought it was, was Ringo, it the British one? I, I had Ringo yeah. Starr and then I think Alec Baldwin or one of the Baldwins did it for a little bit. So too. Alec, this is so funny because me and my friend talk about this all the time. Like we still bring it up as almost 30 year old men. We're like, oh, remember when this happened? But uh, so up until, so it was seasons one through four in the U.S. was George Carlin. And then huh. four through five through whatever was Baldwin for a little while. Um, but when George Carlin died, I was 13 and I went, oh my God, this is the guy. He was the narrator for, you know, Thomas stuff. And then I was like, oh, stand-up comedian. I'm into that stuff. And it was like super tame stuff. And so 13 years old, delved in headfirst into George Carlin. And so that like has literally been probably my outlook on life is anything like, and it's not even just blindly following him. A lot of what he says has always made sense to me. Smart dude. He's super smart dude. And it's so funny because he's one of the most like prolific speakers and like, like, you know, thinkers of all time. And then I read, I was like, oh, shit, he dropped out of high school. He was a freshman. And this man has like some of the most profound knowledge. And just I listen to like just anything he says. And the HBO actually put out like a documentary on him recently. Yeah, I, I need to watch I've been it. watching it. It's so good. It's so insightful because it just paints him as like, you know, the profound person he was, but also like as, as a human, like what his human, you know, because everyone looks into like this man is the most brilliant person ever. There is, like, yeah, there's so su good. There is such a unique gift in being able to 
take an idea and express it in a way that everybody can understand. And not only everybody can understand, but everybody can like be like, oh, you know, they you almost thought about it that way. Like you're, you're, you're right on that, you know? And it does challenge him and it does like challenge it. Uh, it challenges everyone's beliefs um, in a sense that like, it doesn't feel offensive. It's like, he's kind of like, if you don't like it, then fuck you. I'm not going to change what I have to say mm-hmm. to do anything like that. But also big, big inspirations like Henry Rollins. And so been reading his books too. So those two pieces of like listening to Carlin and reading Rollins has been those two kind of together, that big force of that. Um, and then um, the last thing is, I'm looking it up right now because I never forget, the, never remember the title of this, but it always puts me at ease. Um, I discovered this record actually not too long ago. It was in like November or December when we were in the studio. It's this, I listen to a lot of ambient music. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I always love delving as far as back as I can into that stuff. And there's this guy, Michael Stearns, and he has a record called Planetary Unfolding. And if anyone ever just wants to sit down and like meditate or just like keep a level head or just breathe, that is one of my favorite. It's called Planetary to, like, Unfolding? Planetary Unfolding. It was released in 1981. Oh, Planetary Unfolding. Okay. Yeah. By Michael Stearns. Very like kind of like the new age kind of stuff and it's super beautiful just like i put it on the studio one day while i was doing like breathing exercises before we recorded and it just helped immensely and just helped me kind of like be grounded and focused um and just kind of help me keep a level head so uh I'm checking those are the kind of like out. three yeah it's super awesome but those are the kind of the three slash four i guess pieces of me that kind of keep me grounded at any given time Love it. Love it. And finally, this is the segment that I like to call the chaser. So in the chaser, we ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest. And we ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, Jordan? I'm ready. Do you believe in fate or free will and why? Um, I believe in uh, I believe in free will just for the sake of um, I feel like you create your own destiny. So what you want to do is is up to you. What is a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why? Um, I believe that uh, love is a stronger force um, just based on the fact that it changes things more positively than negatively in any given situation. Um, you know, love is, you know, hate sound hippie-ish, but like love is always the answer to things. And, you know, sometimes hate is too, but more often than not, love is the answer to things. So it's like inception. Love is the more powerful emotion, right? That they go. Right. <laughs> Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Um, my parents for sure. I'm counting them as I'm counting them as one answer. Sure. Um, like I said before, uh, on funny enough, George Carlin and uh, my grandfather. He's tattooed on my arm forever, but uh, um, always inspired me to just not give up anything I'm doing, no matter how many times you fail. Always get up and try again. What was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? And this doesn't have to be like a literally spiritual place, but just some place that you felt had a sense of power that you didn't know how to define at the time. Um, just, I didn't realize at the time how much my like home, my, my, like my birth home really played a part in who I was. I always come back to thinking of that when thinking of my childhood and thinking of things that made me truly happy and grounded was my, my childhood home always will always come back to that. I remember I told you there was going to be a question that you were going to like. Here it is. Mm-hmm. What is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month? And where was it? Uh, I'll always say this raising canes every time, every time. <laughs> I don't care where I am raising canes. Uh, when was the last time you felt lost? It was about the time we were in the studio. Uh, I was uh, had to quit had to quit my job to go record, and I wasn't about to give that up. Thinking to be like, "Sorry, guys, I can't go." And so when I got back, I was you know just searching for a job, and I was like, "I shouldn't be doing this at thirty years old. Am I really making the right decision doing all this stuff?" And and eventually, you know, worked itself out like it always does. 
But yeah, that was the last time I truly felt like I was like, damn, is this, you know, am I, did I just fuck myself? So, but it, it all works out. Do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why? Um, always toward chaos. That's really funny. I'm trying to squeeze this in the 30 seconds here, but our new EP spoiler is coming hey, out. Hey, I'm not a stickler for details. this either. So you do what you got to do. So uh, new EP, five songs is called the chaos theory. And it's all about, you know, how life is so unpredictable. And I think everything sways in the order of chaos. I think nothing is predetermined. You, once again, you make your own destiny, your actions affect the outcome. So you got a date for that? Or is that secret at this point? Um, we have, we literally don't have an idea. Like well, I, I think we're trying to squeeze it maybe by June. Uh, we just, we're trying to squeeze things in logistically around other things. Um, but no, no plan set in stone. I know that by the end of the month, uh, when we get home, we are doing a music video for it. Here's song. the, here's the um, plug. Everybody get the EP when it comes out, even though you don't it's know when gonna it's going to be good. Out, get the EP. I, I think that if you like the, if you like everything we have out now, this new EP, all five songs smoke everything we've done. It'll blow your ass out your ass. That's for it'll sure. literally blow your ass out of your ass. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And this can be either something physical, like an object or something like a, an emotional tenant. Uh, I think the thing is like, uh, it's with emotion. It's, it's never, never taking yourself like too seriously. Always kind of having a state of like, you know, having a feeling of youth, no matter how old you get, you can always, you know, you think some good serious in life and everything, but never, never forget that you were once this whimsical child who, you know, was had had this positive outlook on life. No matter how bleak things get, always just keep the sense of of youth. Around fucking you. tearing it up so. on Call of Duty, playing Nazi zombies, right? And that's that's literally why I still collect VHS tapes <laughs> to this day. I'm a huge. I have like th- over 300. Yeah, and it's just a sense of like physical media made me happy when I was a kid. Like movies always made me happy. That's so me. having them in forms that I had them when I was a kid it still makes me happy. So. I'm a nerd. I'm always going to be a nerd. I'll probably always enjoy. Oh like- yeah you know, video games and movies and pop culture and comics and all that jazz. Oh, definitely. So what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times? Well, um, I think the big thing, I actually quoted this the other day. I was actually almost about touring, but I think it's also about life too. Uh, just getting older. Um, when I explained to this kid about touring, I said, it sucks. You're going to love it. To everyone who has ever been touched by your words and music, what do you say? Uh, fucking thank you like i i just i never wanted to feel like i was screaming into the ether like anyone who's ever said like hey this song really helped me this song really which isn't it, like to be fair we're a small band this isn't a ton but like still anyone at all i would have never thought this little midwestern dipshit was going to write lyrics that would that would reach i have some kid from the uk a friend of mine who you know has been like hey man your music's really awesome it really really resonates with me and just feels so good like how did you even find this so I just always look at it as such a small niche thing that like, like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for telling me that this means anything to you. Jordan, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world. Thank you so much for having me, dude. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.